do it as a pirate. <laughs> Wait, the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. Hello, to do it as a pirate. Yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm Carly Oishi. And who the fuck are you? Nailed it. I don't know what that was, but it wasn't a pirate. That was, uh, that was all the pirate I needed, Carly. <laughs> Settle in as we begin to tell you about some friends. Folks you know in Chicago and some you've never met. We'll talk about the things they say and do. There's a question posed to old and new. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is your host, Kevin Alvis, and I'm back for another episode of Who the Fuck Are You? Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're back, baby. Woo! We took a little winter break. We rested, we relaxed, we got some work done, we got our lives together, and now we're back to bring you some of the best artists Chicago has to offer. Oh man, I can't wait to dive back in. But before we get in, I want to look back a little bit and see what some of our past guests have been up to in this little break and see what's going on to keep you informed. Our friends Corbett Pasco and Sarah Savini premiered their web series, Corey and Sarah Are Famous, and it is fucking hilarious, and you need to check it out right away. It also involves our past guest Lillian Brown and our past guest Taylor Ray and myself. So go check it out at CoreyandSarahAreFamous.com. Our good friend Chad the Bird, of course, is still kicking. He's back at the Paper Machete every Saturday. That show is free at the Green Mill here in Chicago. Plus, you can check out his wildly famous Facebook Saturday morning sketch show and his podcast, too. Go over to chadthebird.com and check out all this good stuff. Our dear friend Amy Guth from way back in the second episode has a new podcast called Unconventional with Amy Guth, where she interviews people who have taken unconventional paths, who challenge conventional narratives, and who have built just unconventional lives to get their story and find out more about why and how they did all of the things they did. It's going to be fucking great. So go check out Unconventional with Amy Guth at all the places where they have podcasts. Our friend Antoine McKay was back in the second season of Southside, now on HBO. Just got signed up for a third season. Man, that show is all Chicago all the time, and it's fucking hilarious, and you need to see it. It's weird, it's funny, and Antoine just crushes in it. So go check out Southside on HBO Max. And also, my dear wife, Kim Bowler, who you know from Getting to Know Your Host. She's back with the Factory Theater directing the show that she was had directed prior to the pandemic that got shut down. Now they're remounting it, and she's back. It's called Last Night in Karaoke Town, and it's opening March 25th at the Factory Theater in Rogers Park right here in Chicago. Go check it out. It's going to be a great time. And don't forget to go check out my other show on Big Talk Podcast called Junk Drawer, where I sit down with my dear friend, Mr. Josh Sigorin, and we do a deep dive on all the fun stuff that you find in your junk drawer. You can find that wherever you find good podcasts and also at our website at bigtalkchicago.com. If you know the Chicago Live Lit scene, then you definitely know my next guest. She is a brilliant writer and performer, and I am a huge, huge fan. Please welcome to the show, Carly Oishi. Carly, Happy New Year! Happy New Year, whatever that means. It means that we have made it through another year, and that's it, really. Um, So far, we're all still here, so I guess that's a plus. We'll go that route. That's very positive, and yes, I am trying to be these these, <laughs> these days. Otherwise, I, I 
I got tired of crying in my closet. So I decided to be a little bit more positive in my life, or at least try to be. So that's fair. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Carly, thank you so much for sitting down with me tonight. I appreciate it. Um, how has the beginning of the year been treating you so far? I mean, outside of the uh, very frigid weather that Chicago has every year, but uh, how's this? Is it been treating you okay so far or? Um, well, my child is in CPS, so that. What do you, gives you any indication of whatever could you mean i mean the cps is always right on top of everything and it seems to yeah. be just just working like 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 a charm like a well-oiled machine yeah per usual so you're taking more prozac than normal to, <laughs> to knock down the anxiety or let's just say um i'm really glad that they legalized marijuana mm. When they did. It really has been the bright spot the past few years in Chicago. It, it honestly has maybe saved my life. So many times. So <laughs> many times. And we've hit that point in the world now, too, where, like, I was talking with my wife about it the other day. My wife and I went to college together. And we finally hit the world that we wished for in college. All we wanted was for weed to be legalized and somebody you could pay to go pick up McDonald's and some beer and drop it off at your house along with some smokes. And everything is right now what we wanted in college. And, That's so true. And I feel so sad for myself that I'm now 46 and I can't enjoy it like <laughs> I used to. Because <laughs> I'm mean, in bed by nine o'clock, but I'm in bed by <laughs> yeah, nine o'clock okay. instead fair, of that. Fair, Ooh, fair. It's one o'clock in the morning. I wish somebody would go get some beer for us. I've got an extra <laughs> 20, you know. But, uh, oh, yes, it's been that's been a bright spot of Chicago so far. Um, yes. Are you a, are you a New Year's resolution kind of person? Like, are, are you no. that goals for yourself? No, like that? No. Are you a goal person or is it like you should do that on your own throughout the year anyway? Or are you just kind of like, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Take, I don't make hands goals. off the wheel. I just, yeah, I think um, I like to just try to take it day to day. I don't think I think that way. I wish I did. Mm -hmm. But um, no, I haven't ever been much of a planner. Even when I was a kid, like I didn't envision my future. I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, but yeah, not a planner, not a goal setter. <laughs> Don't I, I, tell my job. <laughs> <laughs> we won't forward it to them. No goals. Uh, we'll just we'll just call you. What, what do you do? It's a fake job. Uh, you, you work at the airport. We'll say you work at the airport, so people think you're at the airport. But I understand that. With I'm with you. My my goal in life was to be an actor, and that was it. I'll have a TV show by the time I'm 20, and everything will be fine. And that was my goals, and that never happened. So now I host a podcast, and I have a day job. You know. Well, but, you know. <laughs> It's good to dream. It is. It is. Um, and it's never too late. <laughs> it isn't. You really sold that for me. That was a, <laughs> that's a solid one. It's never too late. It almost had a question on the end. It's never too late. <laughs> Shoulder shrug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. It's all never too late. <laughs> it's never too late. The way it works for me, though, in my life is, is I'm going to like get a great contract. Somebody's going to be like, here's whatever you wanted. And then the next day, like, the 37, 36 bus is just going to run me right over. <laughs> and, and, oh, did you want to get on? No, I'm dead now. Thanks. You've ruined everything. But that's life in the big city, you know? There you go. <laughs> uh, Carly, um, I've had a, 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 how to put this, an artistic crush on you for quite a while. Oh, I saw well, you uh, perform at Wright Club. And uh, I'm friends, of course, with the Wright Club crew with Corbett and Josh and them. And I'm always like, who's that? Who's that badass? And they're like, oh, that's Carly. And I'm like, oh, Carly's a badass. Um, so you, 
I know you as a, as I know you have a day job as a financial coach, but I know you as a writer, particularly. Um, is that something that's been inside you for your life? Or is that something? How did you fall into that writing world? Um, yeah, I was a blogger. Oh, yeah. In the, you, what are the early, early 2000s in the aughts, early aughts. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I won the um, poetry contest in my senior year of high school. It was a terrible, terrible poem. Oh, I'm sure it was. I won first place. Uh, yeah, no, I've definitely written for a long time and have been interested in it. Um, yeah. What like what drew you to it? Was it the the freedom of just being able to express yourself? Or were you focused mostly on poetry when you started, or like uh, were you more of a storyteller, or just kind of how did that come out of you? That's a really good question. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I the self expression part for sure. Yeah. Um, and trying to like blogging was so cool to me because it was like I could it was sort of diary like but I wanted to people to relate to it mm -hmm. um and to be funny or serious or sad and have people um commiserate about that so I would say like it was more when it could be a little bit more public that mm -hmm. I got into it so maybe more in the last 20 years gotcha um yeah I don't consider myself a storyteller like other people in the sense of like, once upon a time, I did this thing. It was because you, everything I've seen of you, you seem to sit in more of an essay uh, style of, in especially a humoristic style of essays. Um, is, has that always been like your draw? Because I mean, you you do have a a bit of a storyteller feel to some of your pieces uh, when you're recounting like things in your life or, you know, adventures you'd been on and stuff like that. Um, but you kind of sit in that essay world. What, what really attached you to that style of writing? Yeah, I think it's like I'm not the moth. <laughs> That's always what I think about I, with storytelling. Like, you know, like I'm not Lily B. I cannot just just sit here and tell you a story like in that way. I'm just uh -huh. not that. Um, so the essay, I think, is great because it's like you can go back and you can edit it and you can keep reading it out loud and do different inflections and tweak the jokes so it's almost like being able to do stand up, like long form stand up. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's why I like it. The essay. I, I, I agree with that because um, I, I was I was talking, I think it was Cor Corbett or Josh or both of them at one point. But I, I, I said that if you ever told me in my life that I would pay good money to go sit in a bar and listen to people read essays, I tell you, you're a fucking idiot. Because I always associated essays with school and you have to have opening paragraph and closing paragraph and the body <laughs> and, and it's boring. But when I found this world of uh, of live lit which is what chicago calls it and it is now dubbed that thank you ian Belknap. um because it's more of this performing style of expression uh rather than more of like here's some information about a, a subject um which is a it's so much fun to go see did, did you study writing in college was that kind of your major or no i actually i think i read somewhere that you were a a radio major, weren't you? I was a radio major. What drew yeah. you to the radio? Like, because do you have like a performance background in your life? I mean, is it always been a thing where you're like, I kind of want to perform for people? Um, yeah. So I've always been into music. So I've been a singer and I've been in a band. 
and I played a lot of instruments and I loved being on the stage. Well, you just do um, everything. And then um, in sixth grade, someone told me that I was going to be on the radio. <laughs> and so I was like, yes, that's what I'm going to be on the radio. Great. And I just stuck with that, which makes it sound like I had a goal, but it was more just like, you know, when everyone keeps asking you what you're going to be when you grow up and where you're going to go to school, like you have yep. to have an answer. So it was radio, like, well, I'm going to be on the radio. Up. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I went to Columbia. I did the whole thing and um, came out of it never doing anything in radio. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that happens so much in this country with our educational yes. system and things like that. And our job career, yeah, like people like I have this great degree, but I can't do anything with it. Or, you know, I, I decided I didn't want to do anything with it, you know. Or why was... are you 18 making this decision? Like, <laughs> how, how, why do we do that? Why do we ask 18 year olds what they're going to do for the rest of their lives? Oh, and that's then, because like... the rules say now that you're an adult, uh, I can't, I don't want to deal with you anymore. So go figure something out and leave the nest, you know? Yeah. I still have to rent a car for you though, but yeah, <laughs> get, get on with your life. Make a life decision, but you can't have a beer about it, but you can't have a smoke about it, but don't you dare rent a car. <laughs> Ah, there's Europe has so many things going right for them. <laughs> Smoking and drinking when you're 16 and go get a car. Who cares? Get out of my face. <laughs> Don't ever leave home. It's a beautiful thing. Um, Carla, are you originally from Chicago? You're originally from right in the area, right? Um, I Can I say that I'm from Chicago if I was born in the city, even yes. if I didn't grow up? Okay, so I Absolutely. was born in the city. My parents grew up there. My dad is a lane, uh, lane tech alum. Oh, nice. Um, my mom went to what is now uh, Lincoln Park High School. Mm -hmm. They were like Northsiders. Um, so yeah, I lived in Chicago for a little bit, then suburbs, Missouri, back here, and then pretty much since 98, I've been here. What took you to Missouri? Was it for dad's work? job? Ah, dad's job. Gosh. Yeah, I was young. And then I did one year in New York as a 20 something. I'm going to do New York. Oh, you actually? Okay. All right, because yeah. I thought about that for a hot second. Then I went to New York, and I'm like, this place blows. And I do not <laughs> want to live here to save my life. So, what uh, were you going there to be to to be an artist to to, to pursue your writing goal, or were you no. just again floating to floating where life took you? Well, I was in a relationship with somebody who was trying to become a graphic designer and illustrator, okay. and we figured it was either San Francisco or New York, and he gotten some work with uh, uh, either New York Times or the New Yorker. Let's just do it. So I was just sort of, I wouldn't say following him. I did want to go, but it had nothing to do with my own like artistic pursuits. Right, right. It was a catalyst to, to a, a point that you wanted to do. Where do you draw a lot of your um, your thoughts and your experience, your themes for your pieces? Do you, I mean, or is it really just, do you ever set, I'm sorry, let me, let me start over on this. Cause I keep going back to goals and I keep about to say something about a goal. And I'm like, she doesn't fucking do goals, dude, lay off. Carly's I mean, I do. I... <laughs> but uh, I know for me, when it comes to writing, I was actually talking about this the other day. I don't think, I can't remember a time where I've ever written something just to write something. I always said, I need to write something for this competition, or I was invited to write something for like write club or something like that. Um, I just don't write. Do you ever always get that bug? Are you the type that just sits like, oh, today I'm going to write today or, oh, I feel inspired. Let me go sit down. Cause I have a few minutes in the evening to write, or are you more like, ah, I'm going to see if I can't get in this show or somebody's asked me to perform. So I need to write a piece. Um, I think I, I go I go through periods of time where I want to write all the time. Um, and it's mostly that very like diary. I mean, sometimes it has a topic, like something mm -hmm. is making me mad and I need to write about it. Um, 
so I think the instinct is always there, whether I do it or not, it's random. Um, but I definitely like the paper machete and write clubs specifically to get me motivated to write something. Um, yeah. Anytime I'm asked to do either one of those, I'm like psyched to have to write something new. I've, uh, I've never written something for the paper machete. Uh, I, I have been in it twice working with Josh Zagorn for his Chad the Bird piece. Once as a Klingon from Star Trek. I'm the only Klingon to ever perform at the Green Mill in the history of the Green Mill, apparently. Um, but that show is such an amazing thing. It such has such an amazing energy there. And Bright Club itself, I've been in a couple of times. It's just, it's again, it's amazing what a group of people there to see essays have such a killer energy and such a great audience for that type of performance it blows my mind um and and i'm sure for you that just keeps drawing you back i'm sure because i've seen you you have a a fantastic stage presence i i think with your writing for me i love you have this i don't want to say dry but more i guess rye would be the word delivery and this fearlessness of i'm going to be talking about some things and in two seconds i'm going to go off on some things (laughs) <laughs> but it's all going to be in this wonderful energy, not this, you know, it doesn't drag the room down. It, it always keeps pushing and pushing and driving. It's so strong and so fun. And it, it feels like such an exi- exhilarating ride to watch you perform your pieces. Um, you. and, and so when you get on stage, is that, are you, are you comfortable on stage as a writer? Cause I know a lot of times writers who, who've never performed before got up in front or they'd be like, I don't do that. And some have that little bit of that acting book. So for you, were you like, yeah, fucking get me on stage. Let's do this. Yeah. Like I couldn't even believe it existed. And I did, you know, like I didn't know it existed. Um, the person that I first started doing live lit with, when I started my own show with another person, she introduced me to it. And mm-hmm. We went to a show and saw Sam Irby and I was like, wait a minute, like you can talk about shitting your brains out and bad sex and, you know, and like, I just was blown away and like, it was so inspiring. And so I'm like, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to do that. She's and, amazing. And I can see how you would, because what she, I mean, she, she does was the and best. how she does it. Yes. It's so original. And so, but it was crazy to me that like you could, that live lit existed, right. That I could write an essay that I didn't have to memorize it, (laughs) that people wanted to hear it, um, that I could be funny if I wanted to or not. And I I love public speaking. That's probably not number one thing for most people. So, I mean, I get nervous still, but overall it's very exciting. You've got really solid timing on your jokes. You're you're a very funny, funny performer and writer. Are you? Do you consider yourself a funny person? Like, were you the were you a class clown type, or like growing up, or was your family and friends like, oh, tell us the joke and this and that, or was that is that kind of your outlet for that side of you? I think I don't. I'm not class clown, but certainly like needing attention and. Um, I'm very, I was very like sarcastic and pessimistic. Like that's how my comedy was, Mm -hmm. you know, before it was very like, I'm an atheist and, you know, I'm like, I, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, Back off motherfucker. I'm an atheist. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like Debbie Downer, you know, somebody who called me Debbie Downer. So it's like that humor of just self-deprecation and Mm -hmm. thinking everything sucks. So yeah, I guess the funny thing has been there just not, not as a class clown per se. Well, you're really good at that. I think 
you always make me laugh so so, so hard. Good, I'm it, glad. It's, it it is and, and it is like it's and it's always something about something heavy. You'd be always hitting the patriarchy in the nuts and always just at the right moment, just like really fucking nailing nailing the topic. And it's always just it's just in a good invigorating way. It always makes me laugh. Um, and I, I read somewhere, I read an interview with you uh, going back to that Samantha Irby show. You were saying that that was the first show you saw. You saw Samantha Irby, like holy shit. And then uh, you can do this. Holy shit. And then you said, holy shit, I want to do this, but I don't think I could ever be with those type of people. So I have to start my own show. And you were like, fuck it. And you started some shows, which is, it takes a lot to, even if it's just like pulling a few people together to do a reading or whatever, like logistically putting together a show, producing a show, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a gutsy move. It's a lot, you know, and you know, you work so hard, you might get like two people in the audience. Cause I've, I've been there before. Oh, yeah. I've, I've performed for one and two in a house of 50. Ugh, 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 it's terrifying. <laughs> um, so, so what really drove you to go in that direction? Was it, was it just really the, the experience of that show? You were like, I just really want to go for this. Or did you go see, did you start seeing more shows at that point And that kind of drove you to it? No, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I did, I did see other shows, but that thing, that seeing Sam. And then I was like, okay, there's no way that I can break into this because nobody knows who I am or that I'd be any good at it. And so I felt like the only solution was starting my own show because I had to give myself the opportunity. I didn't think anybody else would. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what motivated it. And I love how you, you're like, nobody knows me, so they won't get, let me get in their shows. So I'm going to do a show, even though nobody knows me. And that's, I know, I know. That's, it's the, a- that's the cool thing though. I mean, it's, that's, that's, that's a confidence. A lot of people don't have in the fact <laughs> is I think I have something that I could give to people because it is a way for people to release and be entertained and have a night off and let somebody else think for them and entertain them and that kind of side of things. So that's, that's a good confidence in yourself. I believe to be like, fuck it, let's do it anyway. Thanks. Let, let, let's get people to know me, you know? And I think that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, and it's also like getting the right people to do the show. And so that even if no one gave a shit about learning about me, that they would have to, because I'm going to read at every one of my shows. Um, but that, you know, we're going to have people that will bring in a crowd or it was always the newbies, actually, the ones that had never done it. Cause mm-hmm. you know, they got their friends all hyped and it wasn't the regulars. It wasn't the people that I would have expected to draw a crowd that right. did. It was oh, always yeah. the people who had never done it before. Always. It's that first time that people are, oh, mom and dad's here. Yep. My best friends, here, my work coworkers. I've, I've done things where people, somebody's first time and like aunts and uncles have driven in from the suburbs. You know, I drove in from Schomburg to come see them tonight. And it's like, oh, that's amazing. And yes, they <laughs> do pull in like that good crowd. And I yeah. find this all very funny too. Uh, to me, because you're sitting here like, ah, I never thought I'd be able to be with the likes of them. And all the research and looking back at your thing, all the shows and, and performances and, and things that you've been with have been with people like Samantha Irby and Lily B and all these people that you've already said that like, I, I would never be able to reach their level where I was just listening to your uh, right club piece against Samantha Irby, where the two <laughs> of you wrote against each other. And I think that's, I think that's a cool journey coming from a spot of seeing someone who Samantha Irby, who is Samantha Irby saying, Oh shit, I, I'm inspired. I'll never get there. And then being there with them specifically, I think that's a really cool journey to go on. So kudos. That's pretty great. 
Uh, the shows you had built, one was called Solo and Second City. Tell us a little bit about what, what was that show? What was the catch on that show? Yeah, so the person that I was producing with her name is Melinda McIntyre, and we met through Tumblr um, because we were both writing blogs about being single. Okay. And we both lived in Chicago. And, you know, so we were just like very supportive of one another in this, like being single and how hard it was and dating. And then, um, you know, we would like comment on each other's thing and whatever, but we didn't know one another. And then one night she was just like, Hey, I'm going to be at this bar. Like you should come. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so you had I did. Bar. Yeah. And then eventually, like not soon after that, we saw Sam in that show and started talking about it. And, you know, she was a writer and, um, so we're like, why don't we just take what we're doing on the blog, but make it a show? And uh, yeah, that's that's how it started. So that was the premise. Um, we got a cease and desist from Second City. That was fun. Really? Yeah. Because you used the word second and city? Yes. Even though it is what the whole city is called? Correct. And, and, and you so have, you have no improv and you have nothing to do with them at all. Right. So we changed it to two ND just to like, cause I wasn't going to change the name. I'm like, this is what it is. And yeah. so I'll, if it helps to just, I don't know. So that was funny. That was, you know, you get the cease and desist. Um, you know, we changed venues like three times. I want to say two or three times. Um, yeah, three times. And, um, yeah, so that's how that got, it got started and basically Tumblr. Which is great. I love because I love those kind of stories because I've, I've been in the theater community for at least 10 years here now. And I and so many stories about these new great shows that have been written and performed here in Chicago and things like that usually started with, well, we were fucked up one night talking about this weird shit and somebody got an idea about a show or something like that. So I love hearing that. I mean, that's the one thing I do love about Chicago. And that's why, because I'm, I'm a transplant. I'm originally from Mississippi. I moved here from uh, upstate New York where I was working at that time. And I knew not much about the city, but coming in here, especially in the arts and things like that, I've really grown to love this city in that side of everything. Politics and weather can eat a dick, but, you know, everything <laughs> else is awesome. Uh, the culture, the arts, the theater, the music, all this stuff is fantastic. So coming in and seeing that, it is just, it, it, it really made me fall in love with it, knowing the fact that you could be like, hey, I got this fucking idea and then just get it done. There's Absolutely. a support group and people want that kind of stuff. So having that, I know starting something like that is crazy just from Tumblr. <laughs> it's so great to hear those starts. So. <laughs> uh, and then you had, uh, after that one closed, you started moving on to a show, if I'm not mistaken, I think they came in that order, a show called Misspoken that focused on um, uh, female identifying writers and performers in Chicago. Um, <laughs> What, what night did that start? What bar was that in when that started? So, um, gosh, like I ended Soul in the Second City and then I, I just wanted to start another show and I was like ruminating about it and talking about it with other people. And then my friend Jasmine was like, you know, I'm, I know somebody else who wants to do this. Maybe you could pair up. So she introduced me to Rose um, Lannon and we were just like, let's just do it. Let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> You know, like we were both motivated and, um, you know, I had already done it. So I kind of knew a little bit about what to do sort of. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's how that got launched. We just, we had similar ideas of what we wanted to do and, um, it seemed to make sense to work together on it instead of like trying to do the same thing separately to do it together. 
do you have anything in the works right now? What do you got going on? I know everything's kind of weird right now because we're just kind of opening up, but we're not opening up and everyone's got COVID. I mean, my wife just got over COVID. I somehow oh, no. didn't get COVID. Um, yeah, I, I, apparently I'm unbreakable because of COVID. Like There you not, go. Not everything else, very susceptible. <laughs> but COVID, forget it. That's the um, one thing. It's the one thing. <laughs> um, riddled with everything else. Just riddled. But um Hey, do you have any uh, shows coming up? Are they starting to really open anything else up? Are you working on anything fun? Do you have a, do you still have your blog rolling? Where can people find your works? Like, where can we find your stuff? So I gave up on my um, site. I just stopped. I d- it wasn't a hard stop. I just, I don't know. I wasn't writing and then it became weeks and then months. And then I think years. Um, it's, it's been a couple of years. So, I mean, it's, it's understandable because. Yeah. There's been so many times I'm like, I need to go sit down and be artistic. And I'm like, how about if I just sit here and eat these cookies instead? Because everything's terrible. I know. Definitely that. Um, I am trying to start a sub stack. And so maybe oh, that yeah. will. Uh, I think you might be, I think, you know, Amy Guth, she was, she mm-hmm. before Mushroom has spoken. She was on this show and she has a sub stack and she was talking about that. I didn't know that existed. What a great, what a great thing to have. It makes sense. It, it sort of fits what I do. Um, you know, I tried to do Patreon um, for a little bit. I, it's always a weird thing to try to ask people to pay you for your stuff. And right. I think I've always felt conflicted about that. Um, but also you always just have like, to have stuff because then I, because that's my, yeah. like, you want to pay me. That's cool. But then, uh, then I'm like, fuck, what if I don't get it to them? What if I don't get it enough to them? You know, that the content right. here right. is your content. Ugh, right. Terrible content. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's just trying to gear up. I want to have like a few posts before I open it up um, for the, all those reasons too, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't have to feel like the very next day I better get on it because right. the fans, the three people are waiting. Hey, the six listening to this are probably just eating it up. <laughs> Say hi to Chuck and Corbett. They're listening for sure. And my wife, Kim, there's awesome. three of them. <laughs> um, so where you said you had a website, where can people go to find your past works? Like, is, is that, is that your, your, is your blog still floating around out there? I think it is. You I think social medias too. I know you do some. Yeah. Instagram I'm on things. Twitter and Instagram. I think those are both public. Um, I think it's awishy.com. Okay. God, it's been so long. <laughs> I can't even remember. I think it is. I think. Yeah. You really don't have plans. I love it. You're just like blase about like, yeah, I think I have this stuff over here. It's a fantastic. You can find it. It's really good. <laughs> I won't even say that. It just, I, I will. Just, I found okay. your website. That is where all your stuff is. Everybody okay. go look, go see it and tell us what your is. website is again. Oh, is she.com? Oh, is she.com? There's several pieces on there that are very good. And I just, <laughs> I just read one piece a little earlier today that you had read a few years back uh, that, um, it was a process through two relationships until you found your partner. And uh, what a wonderfully told piece about this ride of, of your life and this adventure, adventures, I hate to use that word adventures, but it sounds so cheesy, but going through this steps of your relationships of falling in and out and falling in and out. And, and, and it just really hit home for me on, on some relationships I've had in the past. It really, I, something I could really relate to and the way you told that story, I really, really connected with it. So uh, you, everyone go to that website, probably <laughs> stuff or I'll find you and I'll beat your ass. Um, Carly, we have reached the second half of the show. It's a little segment I like to call same three questions. 
questions. Same three questions. Okay. And so you officially are our first guest of the new year. This is the second year of the show. So you are what I'm calling the first guest of the second season. Okay. off our second season because it's a podcast and I can make as many fucking seasons as I want. It's true. (laughs) So you are the second season, brand new year, new season. Uh, This section is called same three questions. And it's the same three questions I ask all of my guests. But right before this show, I was like, ah, it's a new season. I should get new three new questions. questions. So I came up with three new same three questions. Not only are you the first person of the second season, you are the first person to ever answer these same three questions. So everyone's answers will be now judged against your answers here and now. That is too much pressure. Oh, I could saw the anxiety (laughs) rise in your eyes. You're like, oh, that's a lot to live up to. It is. And, and and these are very hard questions. And oh, they're going to no. be really tough. You should get a pencil and a pad because there's going to be like some equations and shit. Because <laughs> look at me. Can you tell I probably put a lot of time into that shit? So come on. Uh, all right. So the first round, season two, same three questions. These are going to be three questions that I ask everybody moving forward. Okay. Question number one. If you could transform into an animal, which animal would that be? A dog. Why? Um, okay. They, uh, they just get to be cute. Like no matter what, no Uh matter age or breed, you're just cute. Um, you're treated as a baby from life to death like that. Oh God, you really are. You're just mothered. You're mothered and smothered. Just, you know, like talked to like a baby and held like a baby and coveted like a baby. Um, you can like just sleep whenever the hell you want. It's like the perfect amount of time to be alive. I just it mean. really is. It really you know? is. Cause dogs only go what, 15 years too. So yeah. You, yeah. Ish, you, you right? got enough time. Like, and just as you start hurting, you're dead. Yeah, exactly. And then you can die in a, like a respectable way where someone's thinking about your pain and you are put down in a, like right. a humane, right? Like, oh, yeah, you can non-suffering. Look at, look at your owner and be like, it's time. And they're like, cool. And yeah. the government's like, nice work. And you're like, yes. <laughs> and I love the fact too, that the way you stated that about like, you're treated like a baby for your entire life. But what's thinking about it is like dogs in the wild are the least baby-like animals ever <laughs> until we get a hold of them and fuck them all up. It's and make so true. Ah, all right. But dog, that's great. I love dogs. I mean, dog. I'm a dog person. Yeah. yeah. Dog. Who, who doesn't want to fucking lay around and just eat fucking rawhide bones all day? That sounds great. Um, excellent. Uh, you, uh, that's one point for you. That's the correct you. answer. Nice work. Oh, good. Uh, oh, good. Uh, question number two, what is the one language that you wish you could speak fluently? Can it be a tie? Yes. Can I say two? Okay. It's Spanish and Japanese. Spanish and Japanese. Uh, why? What what about those languages draw you in? Um, okay. Spanish is just useful. (laughs) It's just useful. Uh, and the more time goes by, the more useful it becomes. Um, I just... Yeah, out of use completely. Japanese, um, because I am Japanese, mm-hmm. and because when I went to visit one time uh, in April of 09, not being able to speak it was terrible. It was just terrible. Yeah, I bet. It was just terrible um, because I think I freaked so many people out 
by not being able to and them looking at me and being like, I'm not connecting the fact mm-hmm. that you cannot do this. Right. Um, I don't know. I could go on about languages, though, because like I love the sound of certain languages. Like I love the sound of French. I love the sound of Mandarin. I oh, think yeah. oh, Mandarin, Mandarin sounds so cool. It's insane. The dynamic of like expression. I just don't. I think that's one of the most incredible languages. I would not try to ever attempt to learn it, but listening to it is magical to me. And I love languages because uh, I I did uh, here in Chicago, when it came to Chicago, I did the first three years of Klingon Christmas Carol, uh, where it was a Christmas Carol done completely in the Klingon language. And it made me realize then that the reason, I think the reason why I love at least just listening to language is because at the base of it, language is really just noises that we're making that we've assigned value to you know the what i'm saying right now only makes sense because you have been taught what these sounds sound like you know um so it's just making noises and when i was young and or was in college with my friends we make each other laugh just by making stupid noises all the time so it was a thing where it's like oh those are fun noises to make and then all of a sudden you put it together like oh now this is just a fucking language you know it's it's just it's because uh, I'm with you. I'm with Mandarin and Japanese and Spanish and French, like have some of the coolest sounds to the ear. And it's, it's, it just sounds beautiful. And it's like, yes, I'd love to speak that, but I would butcher the fuck out of it. And please, yeah. no, no, no. Nobody needs another white dude from the South trying to learn Mandarin. <laughs> That's just going to, you know, great. You got those both right. Two for two. You're doing great. You're doing great. Uh, all right. Third question. Hey, Carly. Ham or turkey? turkey Ooh, so sorry the answer was ham <laughs> ham my brother would agree with you ham uh <laughs> two for three it's close you were close to winning you, you, you were so close you were so close i was going to send you a thousand dollars for getting all three but uh you got that oh, last one wrong um carly this has been a goddamn delight I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you sitting down with me. Uh, like I said, like I've been a big fan of yours for a while. I'm, 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 I'm flattered that you're here. Um, everyone go find Carly's. Even though Carly doesn't know where her work is, you can find it online. <laughs> Google her. Go to her website. It's- oh, don't Google me. <laughs> <laughs> don't Google me. Google writing, you know, put her name in the writer. <laughs> don't do anything else, you know, then you might find some other stuff. But um, find her. Follow her on social medias and go see her perform whenever you get a chance because she is amazing and uh, just a just a just a very talented hoot to watch. Um, Carly, thank you so much. Um, it's been fantastic. I thanks for coming to sit down with me. Thank you. This has been really fun. Oh man, I sure do love getting to chat with Carly. She's amazing. And uh, you need to go check her out. Go find her website, read her past works, go find her when she's performing next. She's fucking amazing. And I had a great time chatting with her. Well, that about does it for this episode. Hey, be sure to go rate and review us. Let us know what you think. If you want to email us, you can get us at bigtalkpodcast at gmail.com. As always, I want to give a big thank you to my dear friend, Mr. Jason Moody, for our kick-ass theme song, and our dear friend, Ms. Corbett Pasco, for our three-question stinger. Be sure to join us next time when we sit down with another guest and we ask them that burning question. Who the fuck are you? Blah, blah, blah. Big talk.